We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Welcome, everybody, to episode seven of The Preflip, which is normally just me and James Bob, but today we got a special guest and we'll just introduce him right at the start. We got Stacks here. How you doing, Stacks? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Gibbs? I'm doing good, man. You know, like, I love your work on the Rival Series. The promotion tournament is coming up. And me and James, we're clueless, right? We're clueless (laughs) about these Rival Series teams right now. We used to, at least, uh, like, have an excuse of we traveled on those days, so we couldn't watch as much Rival Series. But, you know, I I got two kids at home, so I'm going to need a lot of help with these Rival Series boys. I didn't get to watch a lot, so we're going to be breaking that down throughout today. But before we get to that, we got to go through why this is here and that is because of prediction esports that is two e's in prediction they are sponsoring the show helping out me and james and you can follow them on twitch twitch.tv slash prediction esports we have spotify we have itunes as well those links will be in the uh, descriptions when i throw it up on youtube tomorrow morning so um if you're here live hopefully someone throws the link in chat and um if you didn't see it just go to my twitter and they're there as well if you want to download the audio versions but on that, I guess we have to talk to James about stacks at some point here. So, James, how you doing? Do we really? You don't. I mean, you don't have to. Uh, stacks, I'll <laughs> let you carry the show. I mean, you you are the star. We brought you in for that right. reason. So there's been a lot going on in the world, um, you know, in the world. And then also like uh, in the esports, some controversial stuff. But we're not here to talk about any of that because, you know, that's happened. Like Team Esper, they got their punishment. And that's great. But. Next week is the biggest weekend 
for uh, RLCS careers for four teams on NA side, then four teams on the European side. Two will live on to play in the RLCS. Two will drop down to the rival series. And we call this the career weekend because you can make your career here. Um, so we're going to uh, try and break down both NA and Europe, maybe do some predictions here or there, but just, you know, like talk through the rival series teams, talk through the RLCS teams and see where they land at this moment. So let's bring up the screen. I did this correctly, I think. Here we go. So here's our first bracket. We got North America. We got the number eighth team that came in the RLCS, Rogue versus Stromboli, who came in third in the rival series. Then E United, who came in ninth in the RLCS versus Charlotte Phoenix, who came number two. It came down to the final game for them to not clinch number one to be automatically into the RLCS. They will be battling out. Now, obviously, you just have to lose twice, and you're out of this tournament. You win twice, you're into the RLCS. So, Stacks, the first thing I got to bring up here is, like, can Charlotte Phoenix actually clutch this up, or are we seeing something very, very bad once again for two straight seasons? I mean, it's, psychologically, Karma's just got to be shot right now because last season was supposed to be a slam dunk. They couldn't possibly not make it. And lo and behold, they didn't. I, I think this time around, if they can put last weekend behind them, the fact that they weren't able to clinch number one, uh, I think that they can. I think they'd rather play United than play Rogue. Sure. Because yeah. for, for all the talk about how ugly rogue has looked this season i don't want to be lined up against Cronovi with effectively my career on the line <laughs> so I, I i like charlotte's chances a little bit more than i like Stromboli's. for me charlotte it was last season they were the number one seed i believe right coming out of the rival series yep. and then it was the expansion season so you had two chances they uh, had a playoff and they actually had a better shot because it was page playoff as well they lose two straight then they go up against G2 and Cloud9. And honestly, that's one where you expect them probably to lose at that point. Yeah. Um, and and not only that, but it can't, they could have done it in their final week of league play. They had a Game 5 series against uh, Chaos, yeah. and and they couldn't do it. So that, to me... That's where it hurts. It, yeah, it hurts big time. And, and anytime you're going up against these RLCS teams, it's going to be challenging. And like you guys said, Kronovi... Even though Rogue wasn't playing well, you watch the games that Kronovi stepped up in. He's he's not he's not outdated. Like he's still he's still an incredible player. And First Killer is also a player that just has so much raw ability. Uh, so it's going to be tough for Charlotte, who's repeatedly now repeatedly had a had a pattern of not being able to rise to the occasion. The one nice thing uh, is two of these teams go through, right? So we're talking a lot about Rogue, and I think we're speaking relatively highly versus their peers in this tournament. Uh, they just played uh, last night in the Astro tournament. I actually casted that. That was a lot of fun uh, for the last qualifier for that. And they won the entire thing to clinch a top six spot to go to the championship weekend for 10K. So that was a big moment for Rogue. They didn't play anyone too difficult. There was a lot of rival series talent. They beat Flight at the end to win it all, while Flight was taking out RLCS teams uh, uh, on their way to the bracket. But Rogue looked good. Wonder looked good. He was making a lot of good 1v1 plays, transitioned that uh, into the passing game. But all three at different times were popping off. And that's the major question, right, for Rogue is... 
will wonder show up because i feel like yep. when they start to struggle wonder has a couple misses then i feel like first killer's like all right i have to do a little bit more than i want to and he'll try and push it a little bit and then the rotations kind of break down for rogue and that's what we saw last season but the thing is rogue they finished eighth right they didn't finish ninth where everyone was like saying they're a bottom two team um, it just happened that they played flight in the final week. So it seemed like that was the case because, you know, they were battling for 10th, but they did better than E United. And I feel like from what I'm seeing on Reddit, no one's given E United a shot here. Are any of you? I, I, I'm giving them a shot. Certainly. I think that going into promotion tournaments like this, anything can happen. You think back to Chicago when Fibion had their perfect season in the rival series, everyone thought, oh, they're guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. guaranteed. Yeah. They're in, they're in. And it just doesn't happen. Promotion tournaments, when when careers are on the line, whether they're going to be made or whether they're going to be lost, it is it is the most pressure that any player is ever in. You think even like compared to the world championships, you know, when at least when you're at the world championship, you know that you'll be around next season. These players are playing for a chance to be in the big show like you can't. You can't lose these games. And so because of that level of pressure, I think it makes it where just anything can happen. Even the teams that are playing the best going into it doesn't mean they'll play the best in the tournament. So it's it's really you have to tune in on those days and see how those players play. But I think given track records, Kronovi has proven that under pressure, he knows how to play. So the question is, you know, how, how's Wonder and First Killer going to step up? How are the guys on United going to step up? Will mm-hmm. Charlotte actually be able to make the most of this where they crumble under the pressure? And, you know, for Stromboli, they looked good all season long, but these are very new players. And yeah, this is a, a level, this, you're going to be, this is going, they're probably going to be very, very nervous. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of experience here, like in the promotion tournament or uh, in the RLCS from all the other teams, except for Stromboli and Stax. Like, I just need to know what happened to them. Like, after week three, they're 5-0. and oh, They're 15-3 and three in games, plus 12. Yep. What yep. happened after that? I, I don't know if it's a case of they started almost believing the hype or if it's just that everybody recognized, hey, this is the top dog in the league mm-hmm. and we've got to give them our best shot because they got everybody's best shot from week three going forward. And... They did look like a completely different team, and they're actually a team I worry about because for all this talk about, you know, hey, we're effectively a four-man roster and all that, yeah, even at the start of the season, I was right there on the desk going, you know, back when we were in the studio, going, you know, hey, if you've got four starters, you don't have three. You got to make a decision at some <laughs> point. Yeah. And then near the end of the season, Andy plays, I think, the last two matches for them instead of Heck. And they don't go particularly well. Like, yes, they beat uh, they beat uh, 72 PC, but they lost to Omni Nation. And they didn't look great when they were beating 72. So, you know, it's for, for this team, I think they're phenomenally talented, but I think they got the worst of the two draws going into the promotion tournament. And if they drop down very early... Boy, either E-United or Charlotte's going to be a real tough hill for them to climb. With currently no NBA, NHL, MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. 
Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of sports, esports, events, and games to wagers on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertaining betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Visit BetOnline website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Now, to me, when we're looking at this promotion tournament, and like I always uh, talk about this when I'm doing my predictions or playoff scenarios, like on my own YouTube, not necessarily on the show, where um, like I don't care who I play first, or at least I don't care who these teams play first. Like I think I would rather play the hardest team first because because then you get their nerves up the most, and your nerves will be relatively high as well. But there's less. Um, there's less of a risk because if you do lose early, it feels like a lot of these times teams just ride that momentum through the lower rounds and win that lower final. When you're in the winter final and then lose and then have to try and regroup, I feel like that might be a more difficult road. So I think I would rather play rogue here and then be like, all right, we have a better shot because it might be a little bit more chaotic because of the nerves going on with the first game of the day or whatever. And if we do lose, obviously it's a tough road, but if we win that lower round one, then we got the momentum in that lower final. So I don't think it necessarily matters. Like, I think I would rather play the tougher opponent first, but that's probably a personal preference from every single team. I think every single team will react to that differently. Yeah, I think if they wanted to play the best team in this tournament, at least on paper, I think they would want to play Charlotte in the first round. Instead, they're guaranteed to play them second or even maybe in their third match. Uh, wherever they end up. So mm-hmm. I, I, it's going to be a challenge for them. I, I think no matter what, they've got the toughest road ahead because I do think of the four teams that are in this tournament, I think Stromboli is very clearly the fourth best team. Yeah, my concern always with teams that get hot at the start, but then they cool down at the end, you know, they were 5-0 and that they finished 1-3 and is like, is this the real you at this point? We saw with the Sonics through the regional championships, they kind of left the season on a down note. And then what happens? They lose eight straight games in the regional championships. Obviously it's a little bit different, but I would worry for Stromboli. Like I think, yeah, they're probably the fourth best team. I think like United will take them down. And then it comes down to, it seems like most of us consider rogue to be number one. Is that the case here? For me, I I think they're the best team in the promotion tournament. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it's between them and Charlotte because, again, for as much as Charlotte seems to struggle when the pressure is on, like when they have a chance to finally take that next step, uh, I still look at a team that's got Karma, Shadow, and Turo, and and Turo is just absolutely nutty. And I and think, I, man, they are a real. I wanted. Out. I wanted to ask you about that stacks. You you've been watching these uh, these this Charlotte Phoenix team all season long. Uh, how. How was Turo and compared compared to Jaywiz? Is is Charlotte a better team? Yeah, I don't want to say it was night and day because that'd be unfair to uh, uh, Jaywiz. Mont, he had a fantastic season with uh, with Warriors, but uh, what Turo added to the team, I think, uh, was a little bit more uh, around midfield than what they got when Jay Wismont was there with them last season. I, I think the the exchange worked out great for both Turo and Jaywiz. But uh, Jay, uh, well, I almost said Jay Wismont again, but uh, Turin Turo uh, stepped in and it was a very noticeable difference. I think he had a better start to the season 
than he had a second half. But uh, overall, Turinturo, they certainly didn't miss a beat with him. That's one thing I've been seeing a lot with Karma is I think for a while when she was trying to create these teams or find players, like it was always uh, never like a top talent generally, like maybe Jay Wiz a bit. But like it always felt like she got maybe a little bit down the line and then someone wanted to join her. Now it seems like she's recruiting uh, these guys really early with Shadow, who came out of nowhere and played amazing last season. Now Turin Turo. So she's really starting to create super teams around her. And we know that she's a very talented player as well. And she has the capabilities to be in the RLCS. So now it just comes down to do they clutch it out? And again, like I think last week with that loss to Chaos or two weeks ago or, or whatever it was, but... It was like, sure, Chaos had a lot to play for as well, but that was a team battling to just stay in the rival series. And when you're going into promotion tournament, those are the teams that you should beat when it's a big moment. Yeah, so but there's at definitely the same time, concern. you know, Chaos is a good team. They, they they're, they're a good team. You know, Corrupted G, former RLCS player, they're they're not a walkover by any means. Oh, so sure. I, I for for Charlotte. The thing that I like about Charlotte too is that that Karma has done it before. She mm-hmm. did it with Splice with Jay Wismont and Nose Dude. They 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 made it all the way through. They had a phenomenal season. They so she's done it. So I'm not super worried. Like obviously, we've had a couple seasons now back to back where they've gotten close. But there's they're in the position every every season. It seems yeah. like it yeah. seems like every season they're putting so, themselves in these positions. So they just have to have things go their way tomorrow or uh, this weekend. They just have to have things go their way. And I think that uh, Charlotte, I would not be surprised if it's Rogue and Charlotte making it out. Yeah, that's who I have as well. Uh, Rogue and Charlotte, it seems like, with you stacks as well, Rogue and Charlotte, yeah. seems like across the board. But it's really interesting because when we used to have this promotion tournament, it used to be, you know, the bottom two of RLCS versus the top two of the Rival Series. And when that was happening, Rival Series had, what, like a 75%-ish win rate to yeah. make it out of the promotion tournament? I think yeah, I wish you, I you probably have the number numbers, yeah. yeah no, I, I wish it's I had the It's roughly around back. there. It's roughly around yeah. there. And then last season, so we, uh, now we had the expansion tournament, so you had to drop down two levels. And then it was a 75% win rate for the RLCS to make it in. Um, and, of course, if that was only four teams, it wasn't a big sample size. But now we're somewhere in the middle where, you know, it's not the best of the rival series. It's not the worst of the RLCS. Somewhere in between. So I really wonder how this is going to play out and see if those numbers will continue. Because then it uh, would seem to me it's going to be 50-50, right? One RLCS, one rival yeah, series. We'll it's, it, it's interesting as well. Because e- even in Europe, uh, ARG, they, they, they're – What's what's their new org team now? It's uh, Team BDS. BDS, yeah, BDS. So if you look at their uh, performance last time, all of the all pretty much all of Europe <laughs> rival series got in to the RLCS last season, mm-hmm. yep. and they were kind of middle of the pack, but there was a void left, and they just stuck at the top or, or essentially finished where they would have had those teams been gone last season. <laughs> yeah, and and in Europe things are getting mixed up quite nicely for them, but you wonder, you know, what, what is the cycle going to be like? Cause we're seeing a weird situation. A lot of times where the players who get demoted uh, out of the RLCS, they kind of just stop playing. A lot of times people just stop playing teams yeah. break up and it takes uh, time for teams yeah. to, to claw their way back, which gives teams more of an opportunity to come in and fill the void. Well, it happens, especially in North America that when, when teams get uh, dropped down that they disband, in in Europe, it doesn't happen nearly as much, um, and I, I I do attribute that to I think the European players 
I don't know if it's more of a sense of like competitive pride or just being better competitors in general, but you know, they, they understand the whole promotion relegation system. It's, you know, the heart of their entire uh, soccer uh, league out there. Yeah. So, you know, it's something that they're very familiar with, very comfortable with. Okay. Yeah. We got relegated. Let's work our way back up because so many teams do that uh, through the uh, premiership. Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to see because, again, now it's like, all right, 30% of the rival series has a shot, at least for the RLCS, uh, going forward. And you would hope these players kind of hang around because, again, like, to me, it's always weird when they disband or they, like, uh, go and retire when you're, like, a middle-of-the-road player. Because it's like, well, like, uh, this is it. Like, it's your one shot. Then, sure, you might not be uh, in the RLCS for one season, but that's six months. Then you could bounce back and, uh, like, I'll try and compete once again. So it just seems weird when people just completely retire out. And sometimes that's because, you know, school is more important or whatnot. But I just feel like it's your one shot at like, yeah, e-sports, it's hard. Right? So. Like the, the one, the most egregious one for me to this day that always will stick with me probably forever is the CLG team. Yeah. You know, right. that CLG team, even if they got relegated, I think it would have been one season and they would have been right back in. Yeah, and sometimes I think that's like internal issues. We've seen Dapper talk about that a bit. They weren't really having fun playing together or whatever. So I think sometimes that happens where it's like, well, well we just don't want to play make together. One roster change, sure. You know? And then make you could always make one more later, right? You know, yep. like if yeah. we see that with a lot of players where they'll just slowly change their team, and everyone knows it's like. Well, Kronobi's not going anywhere on Rogue, right? And who knows? Right. Maybe he just continually changes uh, this roster out. Now, obviously, like if they make it back to RLCS, we'll see. But um, I don't see any of these teams expanding. Maybe like E United. Like I think the hard part is if they don't make it and Hoxer gets poached, then I think it's a little bit more difficult. It makes it more but, tough, but I yeah. think they still stick with it. because, And, and I think we're starting to see people come around. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. because of the the really the great work from Psyonix to really make the rival series a prestigious league, you know, and, and they're, they're, they're doing more to make the rival series more important, like automatic promotion. If you finish first place, I think that's a huge incentive for teams to stick around because in the past you could destroy people go undefeated in league play. And it still wouldn't be guaranteed that you're getting into the RLCS. If Fibion back in the day. Yeah. Veloce, Fibion, they went undefeated. They didn't make it in. So now because of just these minor changes, you think of them as minor changes. They're actually massive. Yeah. I think to, to, to incentivize these teams to stay in the league, stick around, even the expansion of 10 teams into the RLCS, 10 teams in the rival series, these players are getting a lot more opportunity now. They're taking it a lot more serious, and I think it's just been growth. So I think we'll see a lot less disbands coming out just from uh, how much the game's maturing. Now, what I'd love to see more is is maybe some Rival Series org items and things in the esports shop. Yeah, Sign me little, up. Yeah, I think a little, more, a little more support from Rival Series in that regard or doing a little extra, I think, could go that extra step to make it making it even uh, more... Uh, prestigious and I think that that kind of stuff I'd love to see especially you know when when you have Stromboli doesn't have an org they have a a generic Rocket League logo I want to see all these rival series teams be able to pull in quality orgs for sure and then uh, that the other note too is like there's just so much more to pick from uh, from the talent pool right so even if like say in United they lose Hoxer there's so many talented players that might not have a guaranteed spot right now for the rival series and no one wants to go into that play-in and be like, all right, well, we're going to give it our all because 
that's a like an eight-hour day. Anything can happen. So I think these teams can pull in some top talent that doesn't want to take the risk. They just want to be in the rival series, make their name yeah. then. So I think there is um, incentive for teams that lose their best player to just pick up a lot of this up-and-coming talent because there is so much of it. Yeah, like it's the it's the extra effect, right? Where he's on a team that isn't really performing well, yeah. but just the spot, you know, when you're on a stage like the Rival Series or like the RLCS, you become you're 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 making your resume live. You know, you're you're yeah. on the you're, you're out there in this league where you're put on the spot and you have to perform and if you do, maybe you are on not the greatest team. Maybe you did, you know, skip the line and just join because you wanted to make a name for yourself and hey, if you do that, it honestly might be good enough to get you picked up by a team in the RLCS if you really go crazy. And now the other thing that I wanted to bring up really quick before we go over to the European side is that incentive, right, of the RLCS teams, where sometimes I think when they drop down like into this promotion tournament, there's probably already conversations going on like about roster moves, about maybe some of these players getting picked up. Like I thought last season when TSM was at this point that they might not win it because Alpha's going to be like, well, I'm going to get picked up anyway. So why do yep. I care? Right. So you have to worry about that. Where like United's like, well, if someone's going to pick up Hoxer and then Hoxer is like, well, this tournament doesn't mean a lot for me at this point. Like you would hope that they still want to win it for their teammates. But at the same time, the incentive might just not be there. Yeah. And I was actually really surprised on the uh, on the North American side when you talk about uh, potential roster moves and such. I, I put it at a very close to. 0% chance that either G2 or Cloud9 were going to stay together, even if they survived. Mm. And they both did stay together. And, you know, there was a, a lot of talk about whether or not Cloud9 was going to make a change. They ultimately didn't. And it worked out fairly well for uh, for these North American teams. I think yeah. the, the shorter offseason actually benefited those teams that, all right, we have all this uh, experience together, rather than the teams that were trying to make roster moves and try to get some kind of chemistry going with uh, an off season that was ultimately what about eight weeks yeah it was very short yeah but the only downside i think for that or maybe the argument against it is the teams like g2 and cloud nine they know that they could do it before right yeah well you have teams like e united that they did make it to the world championship but they had like a very lucky regional championship run maybe like a lot of people would say where they barely made playoffs then made that run and it's like well we had about two great weeks, guys, and now it's like we've had two seasons together. Maybe it's time to move on at that point, but we'll see because, again, they could easily come out and win that entire promotion tournament. Like, I think uh, this is a three-man race on NA, and I think probably Strong Bullies, the one uh, looking on the outside, so they would be my only big surprise um, if they would have made it through to the RLCS, but... Like, again, Rogue and Charlotte are the two favorites for all of us. And then I would say probably E United for, like, all three of us is that close third. Yeah, I, I will say this about Stromboli, though. All season long, especially in the first half, we were wondering, okay, when is this going to end? Like, when are they going to come back down to earth? They're not that good, right? And they proved that they were good enough to get to this point. They've been proving yep. people wrong time and time again it would not surprise me one bit if they come out this final weekend <laughs> here and prove everybody wrong one more time because that has been their ml mo all season it's gonna be really interesting too because we talk about the pressure like even compared to the regional championships we obviously lost a lot of that pressure for the regional championships because there was no world championship but like it's the same exact pressure as always uh, for the promotion tournament. We always say that this is probably uh, more nerve wracking than maybe like even 
a world championship day three just because of what it means for these guys. So it's going to be really fun to see who steps up. But let's move over to Europe uh, while we still got some time here. And all right, Stax, <laughs> you got to tell me about Espanol because they've been on fire. It seems like a lot, but they didn't uh, come in number one for the rival series. Yeah, I think that was a huge surprise to everybody that uh, this team didn't go number one because they looked so good for so long. But it comes down to the importance of every single match where you only get one shot at everybody and you only get one shot at the team that's right on your heels. In this case, it was BDS and uh, the former ARG guys came out and just slapped them right in the mouth. And, you know, it's going to be a real feel bad story for Espanol if they don't get there because they went eight and one. All right. Know, right. They, and, <laughs> so here's my yeah. question though. All right. Here's my question yeah. for James. Okay. Bond, actually. All right. So you're a RCD Espanol. You're eight and one, but you went to seven game fives, seven, and you went seven and zero. Oh. Now, is that a good sign, James, or is that a bad sign? I'm not sure which is which right now. To me, that's a bad sign. <laughs> that's, that that it's it's good. There's good elements to it and bad elements to it. Right, right. That means that you kind of play to your competition, which, in in my opinion, isn't always the best thing to do. You want to be a team that can blow people out. You want to be able to to really beat the teams that you're expected to beat. And you want to beat them convincingly. Uh, but also just the clutch factor can do so much for your mentality, right? And when you when you've been in situations where, oh, okay, maybe they go to game five or go to game seven in this a promotion tournament, and it it all comes down to winning that one game, they'll be like, We've done this a lot. We've yeah. done this immense an immense amount of times. So we're confident going into it. But in terms of does it mean that they're as good as their record shows? I think that's kind of the point you're getting at, Gibbs, is that these guys very easily could have had a much worse record if, if a few games didn't go their way. And so I'm with you. I, I think that perhaps, you know, RCD got away with a few. But uh, at the end of the day, I think when you go in, like we were talking about before, you're going into this promotion tournament where uh, careers are made and careers are lost and they're coming off a fantastic season and TSM is coming off a, a pretty disappointing one. And I think that the mental game of Rocket League can a lot of times be a, a, an important, if not the most important element going into a tournament or going into a series. So I think RCD is in a good spot going into the weekend. Yeah, one of the best points for them is probably back for uh, the tournament run by Johnny Boy, the European uh, Invitational. They did well there. They took out a Team Reciprocity. They took out Team Veloce as well. They came in third overall. They took out Endpoint. So they took out three teams in the RLCS. Now, obviously, that's a weekly. Some teams don't take it as serious, but that's a good sign, right? They had like an insane win streak going on like around that time, and then it kind of fell apart when they played BDS in the rival series. But these boys have shown that they can beat RLCS teams, and I still think because of that clutch factor, there's a lot of pressure for the rival series when you go to Game 5 because you know there's only three spots available, so one extra loss could really hurt you. So I really do think... That's going to at least help them here. But I am concerned because I don't like teams that go to game five forever. But I would put Espanol as one of my top two teams right now here. Yeah, you know, you go back to that match with BDS. Actually, go back even a week further when they played uh, Notorious Legion. And they they looked as bad in the first two games of that series as they'd looked all season because they got shut out two games in a row. But even casting that match, I just had in the back of my mind, there is no way 
that they're actually going to lose this series <laughs> because I've seen it time and time again. They started the season with a reverse sweep. So uh, when they pulled it together, once they took game three, game four was actually probably the most boring game of the season because I just knew, okay, they're clearly winning this game. So let's just skip ahead to game five. And then they just beat the tar out of uh, notoriously. I think that was the one they brazilled them in game five. So, yeah, they've done it time and time again. I feel like I would definitely like their chances in this tournament because they are so used to playing with all that pressure. And I would be very, very surprised if Espanol is not playing in the RLCS next season. Well, I mean, I don't know how much you've seen uh, or how much you were watching the RLCS stacks. But yeah. Oh, yeah. There was there was moments where I was quite impressed with what TSM was able to put together. I think at times Magnus, to me, uh, was an incredible player. He hit some really impressive highlight shots. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, they're better than the other teams in the promotion tournament, but even for Endpoint, we've seen series like Endpoint played so so many series where they were playing really really close with their with some of the better teams in the RLCS. So I think this is going to be a very tough promotion tournament. Yeah. Europe is, has, they've always kind of chewed each other up. There's, it's always been really close. And I think that this is going to be the same for me. The, the, the question I have is how good is uh, Solari? Like, is, are they a team that you think is going to compete here stacks? Or do you think that uh, they're kind of like uh, go, going to be the, the team that finishes near the bottom? In your- uh no, I, I think that they are. First of all, Carrion's a stud. He is absolutely insane. Uh, for as clutch as we talk about Espanol being, Carrion uh, has been an absolute heartbreaker for every team that he's gone up against in the rival series. It has been, you know, they've had a lot of close series, and a lot of teams have come very close to uh, springing upsets against them. And it's Carrion every single time hits one big shot after another. And, you know, they're not going to be able to rely on that as much as Espanol does, where it's a different person every week. But uh, they are definitely a team that has flown under the radar for much of the season. And then you kind of look at the standings and realize, oh, hey, the Solari team's here. Yeah. And with with Endpoint and TSM, you know, they're certainly not world beaters. They're here for a reason. Uh, I would, I would definitely, I don't want to say it's quite a coin flip. I think Endpoint would be able to survive against them, but they're going to get all they could ask for. And then some, it's going to be tough because we have team Solari over here where the last time they lost uh, in the rival series was February 22nd. So a month and a half ago, they lost two game fives on back-to-back days versus the two top two teams uh, from the rival series. So these guys are good. They're beating everyone else. And I really do think that if I coin flipped my predictions, they'll probably do better than my actual predictions for the European promotion tournament right now. I feel like all four teams, it really comes down to who shows up, right? Like Endpoint, they've been hit or miss throughout the RLCS season. TSM, like... Uh, I throw a lot of hate on them, but they've been hit or miss. They obviously, uh, in the final week, they take out Barca, who then turns out to be a top four team. Obviously, Barca probably wasn't playing as well then, but still, they have the ability to make plays happen as well. So it's really going to come down to it. But here's the one reason why TSM is not going to make it. That's because seven hours ago on Twitter, Remco, he got a Valorant key. 
So this is why <laughs> TSM yes. is not going to make it through the promotion tournament. And I actually want to find out. Like, I'm probably going to do, like, a funny video of, like, I'm going to go through everyone's Twitter, see who's talking about Valorant right now. And, the, and those are the teams that don't make it. Because <laughs> I feel like there yeah, might right. be some distractions coming out right now while you're in uh, containment. But, like, obviously everyone's going to be trying their best. But it's going to be... Um, it's going to be really interesting because I do feel like TSM is on the way out, right? These three players feel like yeah. they're on the way out. Yeah, they they do. It does feel that way. But at the same time, like I honestly wouldn't be that surprised if TSM and Endpoint managed to make it out because yeah. you just need to win two series, two series. That's all it takes. You just need to be feeling it on that day. But if I if I was a gambling man, I would probably be putting my money on Espanol and Endpoint to make it out. Yeah, the, the problem I have with uh, – I had a big problem with TSM last season. I, I thought that uh, they just looked so uh, – especially the first half of the season. I can't remember if you were casting with Jorby at the time or if it was somebody else. But there was a point where Jorby actually had to say out loud, guys, this is the RLCS. <laughs> and I know TSM was playing, and they looked atrocious, but they put it together near the end of the season. Yeah. I I don't think – this time around, they're as good as they were uh, at the end of last season because they did pick it up at the end of last season. Mm -hmm. This season, man, it's it's every problem I had with complexity. I mean, they put up some all-time awful stats, and TSM is right there with them this time around. You know, they, they shot like less than 16% as a team. And I get it. Shooting percentage is not the be all end all. There's a lot that goes into what is a shot, what isn't, and all that. <laughs> but 16%. And that's atrocious. They only scored one more goal than Fairy Peak in the same amount of games for yeah. league play. The entire team. Well, like yeah. TSM's offense was not there. Not only shooting percentage, yeah. but just scoring goals. So, yeah. But these are defenses that are now from the rival series. It's a lot different. It's going to, like, yep. but this one's so hard because I really do feel like. Whoever wins the first two matchups, I think, will probably make their way through. Just because I think those teams will be more on for the day. Then I don't think that the momentum is going to change too much from the winner's final to the lower final. Unless, like, Endpoint loses uh, early, then maybe they make a run. But I don't see it happening any other way. And All right. Well, So I'm going to put well, your feet to the fire. Okay. Who's the top two here? Because... I think I'm going both rival series, boys, right now. I'm going to go Espanol, then Team Solari. I like. I think these guys are good. I, like, there's a lot of talent in the rival series. I feel like Endpoint has just been too inconsistent for me. And obviously, I'm not picking TSM because you know I can't like at this point uh, from this whole season. So I'm going to go both uh, rival series, boys. Here, James, I'll, I'll let you go. I, I got to think <laughs> I about mean, this. I already, I already said it. I, I think Endpoint is a really great team. I yeah. thought that, like, they dominated the rival series when Espanol was in the league. <laughs> you sure, know? Like, sure. I, I feel like Endpoint's a good team. I think Endpoint's a good team. I would be shocked if they don't make it. And now the, the, the question is, who finishes in that number two spot? And I think, if I'm following my, my heart, I think it's Espanol. I think they will likely do it, but. When it comes to Europe and how good all of these players are, even TSM, I think they all have the ability to just show up and play. Yeah. But on paper, I'm going to pick Endpoint and Espanol. All right, that's the end of the show, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need your pick yeah, stacks. Okay. Yeah, I know. Um, 
I mean, I, I Espanol seems like a home run. It, it feels like they can't miss, right? Uh, I, I think they are uh, an absolutely phenomenal squad. I, I think what TSM has going for them, if they if they have one thing at all, is you know, I I love defense. Absolutely love a team that puts in the effort on defense. Endpoint did not. They gave up over a couple goals per game. But TSM, for as bad as their offense was, they were still in the middle of the pack defensively. So that yeah. gives them hope. But I've I have a hard time believing that this Solari team does not keep up what they did at the end of the season. I, I think it's going to be between them and Endpoint when it uh, when it all comes down to it. And I just feel like this Solari team, I think Carrion has been on a mission all season. And as much as it would break my heart to see Endpoint end yeah. up back down in the rival series, uh, it's hard to bet against Solari. Yeah, but I'm surprised because I do feel like if there was like betting lines, I think Endpoint is that favorite. Yeah. Followed by Espanol. Then I think probably TSM just because of the veteranness and then probably Team Solari, but uh, pretty interesting. Okay, me and Stack's going for a little bit of the underdog picks, and James going yeah. for uh, the endpoint squad. The right squad. ones. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, didn't work out for you in the 50-50 throughout the season, Gibbs, which I, I still got to make I let trip. you in. Yeah, uh-huh. All right. Well, <laughs> on that, uh, Stacks, like, I just want to talk to you about, you know, uh, Rival Series. How has been the, uh, like, new boys coming in? Like, how did that all work for you? Like, how did that flow? Because we always talk about the, like, ROCS, and we didn't, you know, have too much change. But you guys over there for the Rival Series adding three new talent. Like, how did that all go for the first few weeks? And how did you guys, like, incorporate it? Uh, I thought it went, uh, incredibly well, uh, especially casting with, uh, supersonic all season. Uh, yeah, he picked up the, uh, he picked up the baton very quickly and just ran with it. It was great. F dot is just one of the funniest guys out there. Uh, you know, I, I wondered if I was ever going to cast with like spaceman cause I knew he was going to come in and be a play by play. I wondered if I was yeah. going to end up casting with Subi again. And I, I, I like that psionics actually kept the pairings from the very start of the season and, uh, you know, Spaceman, when he was in the studio, was just on fire. You know, he was great. Uh, you know, his energy, his, his love for just being there. And it's like, hey, I'm doing Rocket League. This is awesome. And I, I feel like uh, being back home and not being in that studio environment, I think it kind of had an effect on all of us. But, um, you yeah, I think uh, seeing... As painful as it was to see Subi casting with somebody else, uh, I thought Spaceman did a, a fantastic job with him. And uh, I hope that we all get together again next season when all this COVID stuff is well in our rearview mirror. Yeah. And we all get to go out there for a full season in that studio and put on a proper show all season long. Because uh, first of all, I need to get together with the boys for some more Din Tai Fung and uh, need to just... See my rival boys again. This this whole being at home stuff isn't doing it for me. Yeah. And uh, the, like the, the one thing that I miss, you know, we, we, we bring in these guys. And uh, for the past year before the season, we were doing uh, like improv classes with the rival yes. series ca uh, casters and the ROCS casters. So that was always fun. But like we've already known each other, you know, forever and all that stuff. So it's like, oh, it's three new people. And then it's like, well, we didn't do improv this year. Uh, so then it was like, oh, I never, I've never met them <laughs> still. So, and I'm so like, I, oh, I, I wanted to meet uh, them. I got a quick story about that improv stuff. You remember the mind meld game, right? Where okay, yeah. two people standing in this circle, mind meld, mind meld and all that. So I think it's week. It might've been week one. It might've even been a rehearsal day. 
Uh, I walk up to the desk, Subi sitting there with Space Man. I just go, hey, Subi, you know me, right? And I just you know, slap the desk and go, mind meld, mind meld. One, two, three. We both said pizza right off the bat. I'm like, <laughs> this this will never happen again. But it's just. Stacks, uh, you yeah. have to let Subi go. You know, he's just, <laughs> he's blossoming. He's I, getting I his know, wings. Right? You just got to let him out of the nest at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, it, I was just, uh, I was almost floored when, uh, when we uh, just had that one moment. It's like, man. And I did miss the improv. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. And now Subi's dead to you. But hey, it happens. Yeah, exactly. Right. Who? Yeah, who? It doesn't matter. Well, James, uh, any final words before we head off, before I do my outro? I think uh, for everyone, just continue to stay safe. Uh, don't tr- uh, expose yourself more than you have to so that we can all get out of our houses sooner. Absolutely. And again, thank you, Stacks, for joining us. This has been... The pre-flip episode seven presented by Prediction Esports. That is two E's. And uh, uh, if you want to watch it live Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern next week, we'll probably be doing like a pseudo world championship prediction show just for fun to see what would have happened and, you know, throw out some crazy picks there between me and James. So definitely check that out next week. And then obviously we have Spotify. We have iTunes. The links will be uh, in the YouTube description that goes on my channel tomorrow morning. So in case you missed it today night but on that thank you guys so much uh thank you chat for hanging out and if you want to throw some support to prediction feel free to throw some twitch prime subs their way because they support us you should support them for these shows but on that thank you guys so much for tuning in we'll see you next week and again thank you stacks nobody builds 5g like verizon builds 5g Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.